this is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Roach. I am Casey Schreffler. And we are the Talking Sith. Talking Sith. We are some many amount of days into the next episode. Only like four, right? Three or four? Friday. Friday, yeah. Yeah. Until uh, the next episode of Clone Wars and just a mere, a mere short eight months, right? From, uh, Star Wars celebration, yeah, yeah. I think we're almost exactly eight months away. Yeah, pretty exciting, uh, exciting news. We've got a uh, we've got a voicemail from Yost. Um, I was Yost. talking to him earlier, and um, he's excited to excited to see us at Star Wars celebration. Uh, we were we were discussing what his cosplay was going to be there. Even though he troops in the five hundred first as Darth Vader, he said he's not going to be able to bring his Darth Vader kit. I'm sure that's probably prohibitively expensive. Yeah, he said it's internationally ridiculously expensive. And if anything were to go wrong and uh, his kit were to get, you know, damaged in any way, I wonder if troop for quite a while. I wonder if you wanted to reach out to him to see how much it would cost just to ship like to my place, because Hmm. I live, I'm, I'm like 25 miles away from Anaheim. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if if it would be cheaper for him just to ship. Like, I'm not gonna open it or put it on. I'll just fucking put it under my my dining room table or something. If he really wants to bring it and it's cheaper that way for him, like I'll help him do that. He doesn't need to fly with it. Yeah, I'll I'll ask him if uh, if he'd be interested in doing that. I told him he should just reach out to Lucasfilm and see if he can use one of the the uh, screen used Darth Vader outfits. Oh, interesting. There's actually a place out here that I've been to recently. I bought something. I forget what I bought from them uh, for a video once, but they also have and rent costumes. They have like a legitimate like Obi Wan and Darth Vader costume. Oh, really? Yeah, like you can rent the Darth Vader costume for like a couple hundred bucks a day or something like that. Hmm. I think I remember you saying something about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just got to remember what that place was because they have an Obi Wan as well. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah, we were. Yeah. We were talking about what he should. Uh, he was trying to figure out what he should cosplay as instead. And how tall uh, is he? That's the question. He's like six, seven, or something like that. Goodness gracious! Fucking cosplay as a basketball player. Yeah, yeah, right. Yost, you're a tall ass man. Let me he's, tell you, he's a he's a big guy. He said he he still wants to build a Luke Skywalker from Dagobah, where he is Yoda plus Luke legs. <laughs> which yeah, would be pretty cool man that is that is some some tall right there well you know that's why he's the dark lord of the sith my friends he's yeah he's, well darth, uh, that's why it makes sense for him to be darth vader i can't imagine sitting on an airplane form is very comfortable either yeah don't fly spirit that's not comfortable for me yeah so casey we've come together to shine a light on something 
No, good pun. <laughs> Shine a light on Project Luminous. Project Luminous. Now, for those those of you that might not remember, Project Luminous was first announced back in April at Star Wars Celebration, and basically all they said was, "There's going to be something called Project Luminous." Yep. And then we heard about it earlier in the in this year, um, leading up to the earnings call. And even at the earnings call, they're like, "There's going to be more news later this month." And they have more news um, today, late, as uh, yeah, as always, very very late. Um, even yes. on their own terms, it was it was they were not on time, and naturally they don't fucking live stream any of it, dude. No, nope. like absolute nonsense. Got to rely on people there live tweeting, and I was constantly uh, refreshing. The Twitter. Twitter page of oh, Star Wars yeah, Explained too. and Skywalking Through Neverland, Jedi News, TheForce.net. Yeah. But uh, so um, StarWars.com was literally just updated now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it says Star Wars High Republic. New stories will explore the, explore the Star Wars galaxy set 200 years before the events of the, of the Phantom Menace. And it says read now or watch now. Ooh, there we go. Read, so what to read it now. says, oh, I'm looking at it now, and it's it, there's a bunch of tabs behind the scenes, books, comics, characters. Unless that's unless that's all separate, so I, I think those might be like separate little blog news categories. But um, this, yeah, they do have a they do have a little article that showed some of the artwork that we saw, including the trailer that we just watched um yeah we'll put that in a link in the show notes so you guys and uh on our facebook post and stuff so you guys can check that out um but yeah one of the things that they that they had said was uh in that video was publishing and doing this publishing thing was like an incubation place um they were using publishing as an incubation place so that that makes me think that like we were talking about earlier that they're incubating stories and this timeline possibly for the next movie. Yeah, that makes sense. And it also like, uh, depending on reviews or sales, they can use that to influence the direction of next TV and or movie stuff. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it does make sense. I, I get what they're doing because only the hardcore hardcores are going to read all these books. Right. Um, well, I mean, you have a whole nother like aspect of Star Wars fandom that is just in like the comics. And one of the things that they're going to have is an ongoing Marvel comic series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that I took a screenshot. What did it say? Give me a moment. Yeah, that was uh, Star Wars High Republic yeah, and so- Kevin Scott. And it has on the cover um, some of the Nile, I'm guessing. Uh, well, let me let me go over some of these uh, notes that I put down. It says, uh, Michael Seglane there said, we realized the time was right to explore a whole new direction for publishing, a vast interconnected story. We brought in five rock star authors. Kathleen Kennedy encouraged publishing to really do something new and different. And it says that... Uh, and quote, Star Wars publishing will once again be at the forefront, kind of like it was in the expanded universe era. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do is kind of create a 
new expanded universe and kind of cherry pick from the things that they liked yep. about the old one, and then slowly expand. I'm sure like there's there's things that have been adopted from oh, the expanded yeah. universe, and I think we're gonna see more and more of that um, because it's easier to be derivative than it is to be completely new. You know right. I mean? Right. So you can create better new stories based off of stuff that was legends. We kind of talked about that before in terms of legends as like stories that are told within the star Wars universe and kind of like playing a game of telephone, the message constantly changes. So who knows what's right and what's wrong. Right. Which yeah, and I kind of, I kind of use the analogy that it was like George Lucas started this, you know, grand landscape, this, this huge piece of art. Other people came in and started drawing in bits and pieces in the background and just adding a bunch of detail. And when George came back and did clone wars, you know, what he liked, he kept. What he didn't like, he would erase or draw over. Um, one of the problems with the old expanded universe was how convoluted it got. I mean, it started off essentially with, well, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was George's cheap um, sequel idea if Star Wars A New Hope had basically failed. Um, it was the a screenplay for a much smaller budgeted Star Wars movie. So that that screenplay became one of the first novels for star Wars. Um, and then from there after, uh, episode four, five, six, when return of the Jedi came out and several years later in the early nineties, uh, Timothy Zahn was tapped to write the Thrawn trilogy. And that, I mean, was huge. Like nobody expected for, you know, a, a spinoff book from a, a sci-fi franchise to hit the New York Times bestseller and for that amount of time. Um, but it all got more convoluted from there because Zahn kind of had his own idea of what the Clone Wars was. He explained it his own type of way. And then as times went on, like Shadow of the Empire filled in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And then you got the New Jedi Order uh, books, the Young Jedi Cat, and things just always didn't line up. And so I hope what they do with this new one, like you said, they're basically starting over, taking what they like, but I hope that they're much more precise in their storytelling so everything lines up a little bit better. Right. And I think uh, I think it was Tim- Timothy Zahn. Yeah, it was. Um the Star Wars Celebration news. Um, Timothy Zahn will be, um, probably not unsurprisingly, uh, at Star Wars Celebration in August. Yeah, well, he has... This was just announced today. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. He has um, a couple of new books. Because he did uh, the new Thrawn trilogy of books. Um, so it's Thrawn in canon, a new Thrawn canon trilogy. And now he has like a Thrawn prequel books that are coming out that are, that are going to fill in some of Thrawn's backstory before these new Canon books. Yeah. Like his, his quote for, um, there's nothing revealing or anything, but his quote was, I can now officially announce that I'll be attending Star Wars celebration Anaheim this August. I'll expect to see some of you parentheses, probably a lot of you. Yes. Yeah. So Tim Zahn's going to be there. I'm sure that the, uh, the five architects of project luminous will be there. Claudia gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose older. Claudia gray. Oh man. Um, Kevin Scott, Charles. So yeah, Claudia gray. Well, she's, she's put out some of the best 
you know, the most widely received Star Wars novel since the new canon. Um, probably my favorite Star Wars book, Lost Stars, um, Mastered Apprentice, diving into Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn's backstory. Spectacular. There's two tweets that came out that I, uh, that I took pictures of that I would like to read uh, centered around Claudia Gray. And um, the, the person who posted it said, Star Wars knows the way to my heart, and it's a new Claudia Gray book. And it says that Claudia Gray's book is Into the Dark. It's set around the adventures of a Padawan. He's the kind of Padawan who would prefer to read about adventures. But now he's leaving Coruscant and going to the frontier of the galaxy. And then um, apparently she said herself that her inspiration for a, sto- for a story, not necessarily this one, I assume it's this one, um, was to take Matthew McConaughey and put him into a spaceship. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Which we kind of saw with Interstellar. All right, all right, all right. Hey, man. Do you think uh, this young Jedi is just going to find himself driving around randomly in like a Lincoln-esque um, speeder? Well, I mean, like... Just pondering <laughs> <right>. the galaxy. <laughs> there was a parody of the Lincoln Lincoln commercials where like uh, like the driver like picks his nose and like, it's like, you ever roll around a booger in your fingers? <laughs> Like while driving the car and like flick it out the window. Um, I, I mean, I don't know where it's gonna go. It's 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 an interesting way to start a book, and I think the title's super interesting and Into the Dark because it's just like a bookworm who's read about everything, and he's obviously force trained and force sensitive, and now he has to go apply everything. That's it's basically like uh like what everyone does from college to going into the real world. Yeah, try to apply everything that you've learned. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go. It's Hermione Granger without Harry and Ron. Well, Hermione was very... Well, she was by the book. She had very a lot of book smarts, but I don't think she would have gotten to half the trouble she got in and got the experience had she not had her Harry and Ron. Right, but she was super capable as well in terms of actually being active. Yeah, so you're thinking um, this guy might not actually be capable? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, I think it, will, it will have to turn out to be that he is. Yeah. Um, I think starting out, absolutely not. Um, and you can say the same thing about Hermione, but I mean, Hermione in the Harry Potter books and, and movies, she was she was the one, the first one to uh, lift the feather. Right. You know, it's yeah, not so Leviosa. That, uh, it's Leviosa. Says that there will there will be stories for every type of Star Wars fan. Uh, the idea for this massive connected story was pitched way back in 2014. Which which is when uh, Rebels first premiered. Yeah. And I just started watching Rebels. Good. Catching up. Since the High Republic is 200 years before the prequels, it's the Jedi as we've always wanted to see them. The High Republic is a world of new hyperspace lanes, scoundrels and smugglers, says uh, Lucasfilm's James Waugh. You see, like, uh, I mean, the Jedi as we always want to see them, like, cool. Um, we want to see the Jedi be successful in doing Jedi stuff. But we also want to see them fight. We want to see lightsabers swirling and twirling in action. It's all—it's super exciting when there's a red one fighting them. Right. I want, and I talked about this before. What I want to see is basically the fucking trailers from the Old Republic, <laughs> the, the video game, the MMORPG, where they crash a ship into Sith the Jedi Lord. temple and 
dozens and dozens of them jump out and they're fighting the Jedi. That like that's I want to see like battles on the scale of like uh, the two the two towers. Oh yeah, like uh, Minas Tirith, and... Hel- like Helm's Deep. Like I want to see a Helm's Deep battle with Jedi. Well, I'm pretty sure that's on YouTube. You can just look up Helm's Deep with lightsabers, and somebody is rotoscope that for you yeah i know but that's just stuff to like (laughs) like that's the equivalent like having having it be actual star wars canon and then watching that is the equivalent to like having sex and then closing my eyes and jacking off to a time that i had sex in the past understood this this episode is not pg (laughs) are any of them ever um and I yeah, tell says, you, too, why did they, they, they didn't live stream this shit? What the fuck is going on, dude? What is hey. going on? Why would they not just like, like, we have to, like, download this information from various individuals that were there in the room. And there weren't that many chairs. You saw the no, photo that I sent no. you. There's probably, like, 15, 20 chairs in that it's room. A couple of different podcasts and stuff. This is why we got to grow our, our name, grow our, <laughs> our label. You know, and I'm in LA, dude. Like I'm, yeah. I'm I've I've been yeah. to the like I I interned on the lot where they did this at. Like, come on, man. Like, it, at least live stream it. It's not hard to do. Like they have they have so many interns. Just have one with a camera. It doesn't have to be pretty. Mm. Yeah. So we see here. Uh, it says that we're gonna. Okay, we want to see the Jedi Knights at their height, describing an interconnected stories as being a kind of like the Knights of the Round Table. So Jedi Knights at their height. So I'm, I'm guessing this is, I mean, this, is, this would be, you know, Yoda says it's been a millennia since the Sith were extinct. So this is like 800 years since the Sith were extinct. So this is the Jedi when there's a time of peace, there's a time of prosperity, when they're, you know, just like in the Kylo Ren comic we talked about, they were talking about the time of the High Republic as being a time of expanding borders. Uh, they talk about this in um, some of these, they talked about this at the panel where they said that uh, the Jedi are being sent out to the Outer Rim to police out there. They're more like Texas Rangers. Yeah, and the, and the image that they showed when they said that was very Qui-Gon Jinny. Very Qui-Gon Jinny. In my mind. If you look at that guy, he's very Qui-Gon Jinny. Yeah, well, that's kind of like what that evokes, right? Like a Maverick, Maverick-esque Jedi. Maybe they're not yeah, answering as much to the council. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and that's exactly what happened to Qui-Gon, too. Like, Obi-Wan even said, like, if you just listen to the council, you'd be on it. And apparently... It, I, I suppose this is legends now, but he was offered a position on the council and turned it down. Oh no, that's not legends. That, that never happened in legends, but that is new canon. There you go. You see like he's, yeah, he's the, he's the wild West guy and kind of does his own thing. And if you look at the picture of one of the books, like the book covers, maybe it's not a book cover. It's just art. But uh, I told you about this. The, uh, yeah, star Wars, high Republic concept art, the guy in the middle with the green lightsaber, yeah, literally looks like Dooku's grandpa or great grandpa. Probably grandpa. I mean, two hundred years, I guess. Well, yeah. who knows how long they live? Uh, but great grandpa, at most, 
looks just, it looks as soon as I saw it with the furrow on the brow. Yeah, yeah. I, I doubt it, but possible. Uh, I mean, we know that Dooku's, well, you don't know, but those of us that read Kevin Scott's Dooku Jedi Lost know a little bit about Dooku's family history. Um, yeah, but was that is that actual canon? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. So maybe not then. Maybe not then. Uh, yeah, that's 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 one of the things we want to start doing our Star Wars uh, like Kamek, Kamek, comic and canon reviews. Um, and that's the first we're trying to do them like chronologically before all this comes out. Uh, obviously, the Dooku Jedi Lost story by Kevin Scott is the thing that takes place chronologically the farthest back. Gotcha. And, 60 years before and, and looking at and, and real sorry to interrupt you i'm sorry i just thought of this but if you look at the jedi at the bottom right of that that looks like someone from utapau yeah it definitely does looks like an utapauan or a powan yeah there was another one of the concept arts that came out and it was like a bunch of jedi holding a bunch of like there was a jedi in the far left that was holding a lightsaber with like two beams um, there was a Jedi in the far right that was holding like a dark saber, not the dark saber, but just like a regular bladed black lightsaber that glowed white. And then there was an Utapawan. It looked like, um, in the middle holding a double sided lightsaber. Interesting. And then in like the cover art for into the dark, um, bears a striking resemblance. The, the main guy the looks to Matthew McConaughey. I mean, maybe, but I see a lot of Cal Kestis there. A little bit. He's not. He doesn't have red hair. But. I, yeah, I mean, if you ignore the hair, I mean, maybe they dye it. Maybe they have enough time to go to, like, barbers and stuff. Well, and this is also, you know, set, like, 200 years before Cal Kestis. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying it looks like maybe, like, maybe there's a relation there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's the thing about, like, looking back, like, you would think that there's not a whole lot of lineage in the Jedi because they're, they're not allowed to procreate. They're not allowed to have relationships at the time of the new Republic, like the Republic who knows at this time, maybe uh, they're a little bit more lenient. And that's something I was going to bring up earlier. We were talking about uh, the Maverick Jedi being more like, you know, these Jedi being more like Texas Rangers. Um, Maybe they're not all Mavericks because Possibly the Jedi Council is much more lenient at this time period. It's, I mean, it, I mean, if you're in a multi-generational episode of Peace, it makes sense to kind of, you know, loosen the regulations. Well, I mean, then again, we're told that there's been a time of peace when the Skywalker saga begins, and they're pretty dogmatic and strict. But maybe, maybe I mean, at that point in time. So I think from what I understand, um, Mace Windu is technically the Grand Master of the Jedi Council. Right. Episode three occurs. And Yoda had it and then gave it to Mace Windu. Yeah, I've heard some conflicting stuff on that. Like, I think Yoda is technically the Grand Master of the Jedi Order. He's but like, that's, he, yeah, that's he's more like of an honorary guilty. role. It's more of an yeah, honorary so, role. Yeah, so like they're part of the high order and there are separate um, right. councils. Yeah, and then Mace Windu is the leader of the Jedi Council. Right. And but that was but Yoda gave that position to like he stepped right. down basically. Um 
so I'm wondering <laughs> what we see of Yoda during this time period and how different he is. Like, is he much more pacifist? I haven't seen any. I was I was looking for a hint of him at any of the art or anything. They're they're, they're not going. They're like that is something that they are not going to show, dude. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know. It would cost some hype, you know. Just do like a middle aged Yoda. We'll see a little see bit a, younger Yoda. We'll see a glimmer, unless that's him right here. Yeah, right. Just a lot taller. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they sprout from the time they're babies. No, um, and then shrink back into ba- it's like it's like a a weird Benjamin Button thing. It's like a yeah, they get tall, then they get short and die. Um, I mean, possibly the reason why the Jedi are so dogmatic is because you had a a uh, grandmaster and a leading member of the Jedi Council like Master Yoda, who was so had such an elongated life. Can you imagine that? Like, you got to think that things would stall if we had like a leader that lived for hundreds of and hundreds and hundreds of years and they were still able to like push their, there, there'd be no, like it would certainly be much slower progression. Like imagine if Abraham Lincoln was still our president. Yeah. And uh, you know, and like he freed the slaves and stuff today, he would be considered a Democrat. He was Republican. That's one thing that a lot of people don't don't understand about politics. Like they bring up stuff about, you know, like past presidents, but they don't, they don't realize that. uh, And like the past decisions that were made, but they don't realize that the Republican and democratic party basically flipped um, in like the 50s, 60s. Right. And then there's the, I mean, there's past parties that have totally died off and stuff too that they kind of like the filled party, the voids for. The tea yeah. Party. Yeah. And uh, like everything, everything kind of flips. So yeah, it, it does make sense to have the, you know, the, the old die out, but Yoda always kind of seemed to have a pretty clear head, but if he was the one that created these rules. Um, well, I mean, think like you watch the clone wars now like you see a lot of the failing of the Jedi order and how they were corrupted and how they were manipulated. And it's only after that, that Yoda realizes like a lot of this was his fault. He failed and that failure and what he learned from it is what he passed on Luke Skywalker. And that's what he was trying to tell Luke Skywalker. And, you know, um, uh, the last Jedi, he says that, you know, failure is the best teacher. You know, he's, he told Luke to pass on what he's learned and more important than anything, it's pass on your failures because like he tells Luke, we are what they grow beyond. So Luke grew beyond the failure of the fallen Jedi order and Ray was going to grow beyond the failures of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I, could, I mean, I could definitely see that. Um, it's just, it just gets confusing. Um, especially in the clone wars where you see, uh, Yoda go against the Jedi Council's demands and follows the voice of Qui-Gon and things like that. So you see like you see him able to kind of acquiesce to certain things, but yeah, I mean if he if he's the one kind of running the show, which maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Like there's at, at the at the first uh, episode one, right, we see Yaddle. Right, yep. You yeah, Yaddle's in episode one, but we really don't ever see her um, 
We never hear her speak. She's not in the Clone Wars. She's gone by episode two. Um, Yaddle's a big um, kind of huge question mark where, you know, people think that Yaddle might be, Yaddle and Yoda might be the parents to baby Yoda. The timelines would match up, but we have absolutely no information on Yaddle. Right. But I mean, maybe, I mean, that could have been the reason for the, you know, the don't have a child thing and why Yaddle steps down from the council and things like that. I mean, there's, there's, there's things that you can speculate about that for sure. Yeah. But, um, like Yoda is in the world of training Jedi. What those yeah. Jedi are trained to do. We don't know. We don't know who the council is at this point in time. You can probably assume that he's on the council in some degree because Maybe. 200 years ago, he would have been training Jedi for how many? 600 years. years? Yeah, he he would. He's a he's a big figure here. Yeah, in some way. Yeah, so it says we want to see the Jedi Knight at their heights. They're more like the round table. Um, We're going to see the great disaster. Something terrible is going to happen at the opening of this novel and something awful happening in a time of great peace and prosperity. So a lot of this novel, it says, is going to take place. A lot of this will center at Starlight Station. And Starlight Station. Starlight no, Station. Just, just Starlight Beacon. Well, well. That's what they call it. Yeah, it's, there's a Starlight Beacon. I'm guessing that that's the big spire on it, but it's also referred to a couple times as Starlight Station. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is a station, but I mean, Beacon Station, uh, it's a little of hope. But it does look significantly like the Jedi Temple. Yeah, if you think of the spires... Um, the five spires on the Jedi Temple. Um, it looks just like one of those, and it's a large floating space station. Now, uh, didn't didn't it say somewhere like you said it was called a beacon? Like they were saying it was a starlight beacon as well. Yeah, uh, the things that I read, um, it was like someone said, "Oh, starlight beacon." Is it just me, or does starlight beacon look crazily like the? Oh, you muted. Yeah, clicked a button on accident. Um, but yeah, it was uh, this, the Starlight Beacon looked just like um, the Jedi Temple, or is it just me? Yeah, definitely. Definitely does. It made me think of, okay, in the Colin Trevorrow script that has recently been leaked, um, that was a main plot point where uh, in the opening crawl of the Colin Trevor- Trevorrow episode nine, it was going to reveal that Kylo Ren and his first order were ruling with an iron fist. And one of the ways that they were ruling is they had cut that, like cut out all communication, like the hollow net and everything was cut out between planets. So there's no interplanetary communication and without communication, it's a lot harder to build resistances to build art, you know, to build the army. And, one of the main missions of uh, Trevor's episode nine was, you know, having this call go out for help. And essentially in a, in the digital age of the hollow net and everything, uh, they were going to attempt to go back to Coruscant and activate an analog signal, a beacon at the Jedi temple. Kind of think like the light, the, like the, uh, the beacon of Gondor or whatever. Right. 
So essentially, uh, Rose and Finn and Poe and a bunch of them went back to Coruscant, got into like the ruins of the Imperial Palace, formerly the Jedi Temple, and were able to, with C-3PO and R2-D2, some of their inside knowledge of that place, activate a beacon of light that then like shot to another neighboring system and activated another beacon of light. And it kind of, it could be seen across the stars and it was able to kind of like analog code a, um, like a, a signal from princess Leia. So I wonder if this, uh, starlight station may have been, cause this says it was in production since 2014. Maybe this is where Colin Trevorrow pulled this, or maybe they pulled it from Colin Trevorrow. Interesting. I mean, possible. I mean, nothing is kind of off the board because they're they're creating everything from scratch and derivatives of everything that's been written. Um, I assume that Trevorrow's script is completely one hundred percent owned by Disney and not just a work for hire. Right. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of what it is. I do have a picture that I'm going to send you right now. It's a better picture of one of the boards that we saw before we go into that. Um, but, but maybe. I mean, it, like, like I said, no, nothing is off, off limits here. It's a new thing. And that's one thing. One of the things we heard in the trailer, they and from uh, one, the tweet that you read at the beginning, Kathleen Kennedy encouraged creative freedom. But we also we also saw that in uh, the Last Jedi, kind of, I guess, um, when she first said that gave Ryan Johnson creative freedom, and the Last Jedi it was it was a good movie. It was a very polarizing movie, and in this era of filmmaking, you're not going to make anybody or I should say everybody happy because um, there's always going to be old fogies who want it the way it was. There's going to be new people who want it the way it should, it needs to be. So they kind of, you know, try to figure things out to, to where it'll please as much people as possible. And that's unfortunately the kind of world we live in. Um, when Star Wars was first created, there was no internet. There were no cell phones. <laughs> right. And even when uh, episode one came out in 1999, um, we're right on the cusp, basically. We like the internet was like we had dial up. Yep. Um, there wasn't very many form like there was. I remember talking to people on AIM and AOL Messenger and stuff like that, but there wasn't like a a place for Star Wars people to congregate or people to complain about things. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. How times have changed, man. Times they are a changing, blowing in the wind. Some things that never change, though, it seems, are the uh, the villains in Star Wars. It says, uh, the main villains in, uh, in this era are going to be called the Nile. N-H-I-L, but pronounced I, Nile. I, I, I saw it as N-I-H-I-L. N-I-H-I-L, okay. Let me see if, where it says that, if it says that on the it, official... It does. It, it, it does. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to look for it on the official page here. The actual Star Wars page. But they described them as um, Vikings in space. 
Yeah, super crazy, super cool. They were. They're wait- since I've been watching The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So they have like, I prioritize Clone Wars. Yeah. And now Rebels. They have gas masks that have a purpose. It says that they use hyperspace in a very dangerous way. So uh, they're talking about how different they are from stormtroopers and how they're more punk rock. And they quoted in the video that um, their motto is, if you can't take it with you, you can take it take it we can take it from you which yeah I'm not sure what that really means i mean that's yeah so it is nihil nihil in the background she's basically a viking in my household <laughs> she takes everything gives nothing back i have no idea what you're saying to tell you. but um if you look up the definition of nihilism which is like literally you just add ism to the uh, word now. It says the rejection of all religious and moral principles and the belief that life is meaningless. Hmm. Extreme skepticism, maintaining that nothing in the world has a real existence. So that goes to like the, you can't take it with you. Oh yeah. But we can take it from you. Type thing. Yeah. Um, so we'll so kill you. Nice. Can't take it with you. We'll just hmm. take it from you. Yeah. No, we just need it now. I want it now, and I'm going to take it now because nothing that happens matters in death. Which yes, makes them dangerous. Yeah, because they have no regard for anything that would come afterwards. Um, you were saying that it reminded you of the Rakata. Yeah, because um, I was looking at them again, too, and um, I brought up their Wikipedia, even though they're not technically canon, but they were an advanced race, like much more advanced than anything else uh, in the galaxy at that point in time. They took over tons and tons of worlds. They especially sought out four sensitive worlds to take over. Yep. And, they, their um, empire was called the Infinite Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they were able to uh, travel through something called an infinity gate. It was technology that they created that allowed them um, to travel instantaneously across the galaxy. And um, this was actually kind of taken or inherited from a race before the Rakata called the Qua. But um, it's still very, very interesting. When you look at infinity gate, um, it was an ancient network of structures developed by the Qua species of Dathomir during the pre-Republic area, era. Uh, man, area. I tell you what, now I know why all the news people fucked up in war today. <laughs> because, like, I watched the Kobe um, memorial. Oh, yeah. And they were talking about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. They were like, they're two people from different areas. That's what they wanted to say. But three different times it said area, and they're like, no, era. Era. Uh, but they enabled near-instant interstellar travel between far-flung locations and could also be used as a super weapon. Hmm. That is the Infinity Gate. Um, so it sounds like... Great disaster? It, it, sounds, it sounds like more and more uh, legend material kind of bleeding its way into canon again. Yeah, we've heard of the great disaster at this period. Maybe it has something to do with this infinity gate kind of technology. Uh, we've got the starlight stations and starlight beacons. Uh, maybe this is the Jedi's answer to this. 
Um, hard to say. Yeah, the Rakata made their first appearance in Star Wars uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the MMORPG, if you remember. it was uh, They were the ones that were running the uh, – Oh, what was that called, Casey? The uh, the super weapon that pumped out all those ships. In uh, in which game? Kotor. The super weapon. Starforge. Oh, okay. Yep. That was the Rakata. It was their home planet, and those that it was it was the Rakata that were there, and basically the Infinite Empire had been destroyed and put down, and the Rakata that were left were there on that planet that the star forge was over where that temple was. Um, but they had been kind of like exiled there by those that had risen up against them that they had formerly enslaved. So, I mean, this could be something that the, the Nile uh, have in common with that. So it also mentioned that it wouldn't be star Wars without smugglers, scoundrels and bounty hunters. And they're going to be introducing new smugglers, scoundrels and bounty hunters uh, in the cover to that book that you had mentioned earlier with the guy that you thought kind of looked like Cal Kestis, uh, Star Wars, the high Republic into the dark by Claudia gray um, behind the Jedi is uh, looks to just be a human woman and she's wearing a jumpsuit of sorts. I'm trying to make out if I don't know what that emblem is on her. It's like a triangle and then, or not a triangle, a diamond, and then two little diamonds next to it. She seems to be holding a thermal detonator. So, I mean, she could be a soldier or a smuggler or a scoundrel. Maybe not a bounty hunter. Maybe a bounty hunter. But uh, get some characters in here that aren't just Jedi, you know. Yeah, that would be interesting. And I was actually, I was looking at the, I was trying to like follow kind of like the fall of Ricotta and reading a little bit more about it um, again just now. And um, it's tough to say, what, what does BBY mean? Before Battle of Yavin. Before the Battle of Yavin, gotcha. So they begin to fall 25,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, that's when they began their uh, descent. Their and um yeah they kind of kind of just died out and they tried to create things to uh like new races to hmm. regain their uh force sensitive ability and stuff like that didn't work apparently but who's to say that these beings didn't exist and the vikings found what they had left behind cuz everything was kind yeah. of based off of the builders right Originally, I can't remember which planet it was, maybe Corellia. One of the planets they found out in Legends had actually had been moved. There was like a superstructure inside of it, and the Rakata had moved the planet into a different orbit. I mean, that kind of somewhat would explain in the future Starkiller Star Base. Killer base. Well. Yeah. So it seems, like I said, it seems like Old Republic things are kind of bleeding in and we'll see more and more of this. Um, I think they're just going to cherry pick for a while um, so they can re-release and make new stuff to make more money. Uh, that's the goal of every business, I suppose. But, um, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so they literally bring up to Starforge um, 
it says when Revan, this is around 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, he entered the Star Forge and uh, harnessed its full power and began, began a massive military invasion of the Galactic Republic that would culminate in the Jedi Civil War. That is something that I want to see. I don't want to see the High Republic era. I want to see conflict. I want to see the Jedi Civil War. That's what I want to see. Well, you're going to see the Jedi Civil War, but it's uh, I, I, here's what I think. I think they're doing all this, um, it, but it's it's going to be several hundred years after uh, what the movies, the next movie is going to be. I think they they already have a pretty good idea of what the next movie is going to be. Maybe the next movie is actually going to be taking place still in the High Republic era, but it's right at the beginning of the High Republic era. It's the it's it's the like the quashing of the last remnants of what they think are the Sith empire. You'll still have Bane and the rule of two hiding off in the dark. Maybe we even get to see that, but um, you also are going to see like the quashing of the last, you know, pockets of the Sith empire. So you can, you can have this, you know, uh, this period of peace between what the next movie is going to be and this high Republic era. So we can start to fill in the backstory. Even we just go farther back for the next movies. And you could also um, kind of extrapolate that. Like there's other legend stuff like Darth Nile, which Mm. is very close. It's N-I-H-L. Okay. Not N-I-H-I-L. I thought there was Darth Nihilus. There's Darth Nile. Um, he worked for Cree. Okay. Or with and or for. Who knows? But I know he was he was obsessed with Skywalker. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean it says that uh it's gonna be across multiple years. There's gonna be a core group of heroes that will expand over time. And they... a, that sounds that sounds cool, but goodness gracious, man. Like <laughs> Like the the like, Revan has been a thing. Give us the Jedi Civil War, because all they're gonna do like so. Okay, so here's here's what my thinking is. Right, we talked about the code of the Jedi Order and how there were Jedi who were kind of uh, Wild West uh, Ranger type deals, like they were the law wherever they were. Um. That so there's got to be something big that happens that brings it down to a point where there's rules and laws. So I think it's going to be the the outsider Jedi that uh, you know that because they're 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 out there in the outer rim, and they even said like the Republic doesn't span from point to point across the galaxy. You know what yep, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good portion of it, but it it doesn't control everything. And they they have Jedi out there. They're gonna have families, just like uh, in Clone Wars. Them Rex comes across a clone that had a family. Yeah, he left and started a family, just trying to make a meager existence as a farmer. Yeah, and you know, some backwater he, planet. He didn't turn him in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good for Rex there. Um, Gives you hope that he won't shoot Ahsoka down. Right, but goodness gracious, like uh, give give people what they want, which is the the conflict and the battles. Well, I, I think, think that's. That, what I, think, I think I think I think that's more probably stuff that we want to see and not read. 
That's why I'm so, saying I think that that's something that they're going to show us later. And they might use, just like the, the, the Kylo Ren comic and these other comics and stuff, and we've gotten a little bit of mentions of the High Republic era so far in publishing and comic books, they're sprink- they sprinkled us with, with yeah. uh, little, ta- you know, little teases, High Republic era. And I yeah. think that that's once we not, get the That's why it's not surprising. Yeah, and I think that once we get the High Republic, when we start reading all this material, they're going to start sprinkling us with the Old Republic era. And then, yeah, because in order to have a high republic era, there has to there be, had to be an old republic or an old republic era. Yes, yes. That, so there has that has to exist. Yeah, but I I don't see the point in waiting until you and I are fucking dead to to make that a, a visual thing that we all can see, because we did see it again in the trailers for the old republic, the EA MMORPG, which I had countless yeah. hours of fun on. Here's the, here's the here's what I think they're going to do. I think they're afraid of jumping right into the old republic again because they can't tell the same story one for one. Everybody's in love with Revan, everybody's in love with Bane, everybody's in love with the legends old republic era that we've had for a couple decades now, right? And I think that them going halfway back into this high republic era, you know, they can start to sprinkle a little bit more of the lore. Like I'm saying, they can start to, maybe there was a Revan, but maybe the story was slightly different. Maybe they. Was, was, was Revan and Bane the same era? No. Uh, Revan actually was one of Bane's, like, was, Revan was far before Bane. And Revan's holocron is, was one of Bane's quote unquote teachers. Okay. <clears throat> so then go into our theory that we brought up before. Have Revan have a ton of Sith fight this fight this Jedi Civil War, you know what I mean? Right, and I think they're going to do that, but they might not want to tell it the exact same way it, it was told in Legends. And I think that them going back doing the High Republic, like I said, they gave us a tease, little sprinkles of oh, the High Republic's a thing, and now they're going to show us the High Republic. And I think in all this High Republic. Uh, stuff we're going to have the old republic's a thing here's a little tidbit about it here's a little tidbit about it and then we go back and we show how the old republic overcame the sith let's not forget that in episode three palpatine says once more the sith will rule the galaxy so the sith at some point ruled the galaxy let's see the formation of the republic how did we get the old republic when it was just Right, but we're not going to Republic. Yeah, but we're not going to see that in the height. Like we're we're going into the height of the Republic. I know that's what I'm saying. Like I think that they're building just, up it to it. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to start there. Well, I mean, that's what people that get paid a whole lot more than us decided the thought that they, that it does make sense. But I, I just, I just have to strongly disagree because the best stories out there. So the, the best stories, like if you look at like even the X Men universe, like the X Men films all of them the best one in my opinion is logan because it didn't because like once you start dealing with uh everything's the end of the world everything's the end of the galaxy um you kind of become numb to that idea right Right. you have to care about a specific character um and if you look at logan that movie very personal uh it was yeah it was very very personal it was very very uh um constrained into a small a small battle that was important to the people who cared about it 
but it wasn't a world ending type thing like uh that's, that's one thing that it's kind of getting tired um with uh the marvel cinematic universe every over movie is an end of again. the world it's an end of the world the world's gonna die the universe is gonna die like well, what essentially else, what else can they do besides the universe is gonna die everything has to come down to the characters if you look at logan essentially it was after the world already ended like if you were to make that like essentially the movie you're talking about that they're doing over and over again is if they actually showed where professor xavier had his like meltdown freak out and killed a bunch of people well the world didn't end the world no that's what i'm saying but that's like the the end of the world type scenario the the mutants ended at that right well which would be like the end of the world in an x-men movie you look at you look at first class they stopped the end of the world that was basically the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. You look at uh, the the next movie. It was um, when they send Logan back in time. Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. A fantastic movie. I loved every second of it. Yeah. But again, it was an end of the world type thing. Or time maybe travel. Just, maybe just end of the mutants. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, but the Cuban it, Missile it, Crisis it is end like of the world. Of, it seemed like end of the well. Cuban Missile Crisis could have very well been the end of the world. Right. I mean, it could have been like, (laughs) there was like, we all had nukes and, but it, it would have been a big portion, but that's what I'm saying. Like in an X-Men movie, if you were like, even in X-Men, the first X-Men movie itself, um, wasn't the first one when they had, at one point they had a weapon that was going to make everybody a mutant or whatever. It was going to turn everybody into mutants. Yeah. Um, Magneto had it. That's like the end of the world kind of thing because you're making everybody right. mutants. Right, but it, but that's that's a tired and played out story. Right, that's what I said. Like and in Logan, with the superhero influx of movies that we've had, I yeah. think people are getting tired of that um, to, to a degree. But I think when it comes to Star Wars, what we want to see is saber on saber. We want to see this stuff. Like we want to see the Civil War of Jedi. You know, yeah, essentially, we've skipped over like Logan did. We've skipped over that, you know. Even when George did it, when he made a New Hope, like we heard about the Clone Wars, this huge, you know, war across all the whole galaxy. We heard about the Jedi, and you know, they were fighting in this war, and they were generals and warriors. Uh, we hear about all this stuff, but at its core, a New Hope and the original trilogy was a smaller scale. You you meet Luke Skywalker, and he goes and rescues this princess and she introduces you to this larger rebellion right and those, and those battles are behind and, you. and like those battles are are ridiculous like like they get better like from a new hope with obi-wan darth vader fighting like you can look back at that and i and and like you did replace the reimagined version in the actual film well if you remember back right. in 2000 and six or 2007 i was i was trying to do that myself just using the footage from a new hope just like recutting it to make it faster and more intense yeah and and you see it getting a little bit better in empire strikes back but every like what the the move the one move in that fight between luke and uh darth vader that pulls me out of it is when he just like spins around for no reason on top of the stairs (laughs) what's a good move yeah, no, it's not. It, it looks terrible. terrible. It looks terrible. He does it for no reason. There's no follow up. He just spins around and hits Darth Vader's lightsaber that didn't move. Well, we we watched these uh, 
these videos, um, well, the video for uh, the announcement on StarWars.com and the Star Wars YouTube page. And we've got a couple of screenshots. You sent me this screenshot, and it has three different columns. The first one says fiction, and, it, and the bullet points are authentically oh. lived in. Oh, hold on. I have a – is that the one that you had pulled up right now? This is No, that's the one you sent me on the phone. Oh, okay. Let me pull that up because that, yeah, that's, that's very interesting as well. Yeah. So, so it starts off with fiction and it says authentically lived in, which of course is something that we're very used to. George Lucas made famous for the star Wars universe. He turned the, you know, everything expectations of sci-fi up on its head with like the shiny metallic, everything pristine to a very lived in galaxy. Right. So hold on. So there's three separate categories. There's fiction, there's Star, Star Wars, Wars Heart, Heart. Yep. which uh, which I assume is like probably Star Wars Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's Wishes. Star, Star Wars Wishes, yeah. So it's, I think that's something very important to kind of... So Fiction, Star Wars Heart, and Star Wars Wishes are our three categories. Yeah, the first one under Fiction was the Authentically Lived In. Um, there's Surprise diversity uh we got actual ending so i wonder what that has to do with maybe i mean we know they were already talking about like episode nine's the end of the skywalker saga uh when are we going to have storytelling after that are we going to have storytelling after that i mean there i mean there obviously is timelines that exist after that it's just i think what they're doing not yet well i i know but but i mean it exists time persists um, what they're doing is they're going back in the safe zone and, like I said, cherry-picking stories and stuff and pulling what they want yep. to to make the people who love the legends and the expanded universe happy because yep. they realize that you're not going to make everyone happy moving forward. And, and George wouldn't either. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if George were to come in and say, this is this is what happens. The, this the this is what ha- I can't even do a George Lucas impression. Um, um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, here's uh, here's what we're gonna do. Um, uh, this is what happens. Yeah, another check for Daddy. Um, <laughs> he's he's not he's not gonna care. Um, and and everyone else like like no one's gonna be happy. Uh, There's gonna be no one is a. Uh, terrible term that i use but there's, there's going to be at least half the people that are they're going to be unhappy with the direction it's going yeah it just is what it is man like yeah and it says so in this category it says that we have uh feelings and uh relatable characters a sweeping epic and humor which i think are all you know this like what you're saying like you're going yeah, back into a safe area let's make yeah, it star wars i mean that's that's empire strikes back to me right there Right, like like the diversity they brought in Lando, surprise, Lando betrayed them and then came back. The world did look lived in. You look at Hoth, you look at the Millennium Falcon, you look at Bespin, like there yep. was there was actual stuff there. Yoda and his cave and stuff, like everything looked lived in. Um, everything was relate- relatable, sweeping, epic, and there was humor. Yoda was banging on uh, R two D two. Mine, 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 mine. Yoda, you seek Yoda. And then there's uh, the Star Wars heart era, 
which our area of this it's uh this the middle column of three and it says uh not pro war right droids don't, don't know what that means droids yeah scope which is very important yeah and then right underneath it mythic which uh, kind of harkens back to the rise of Skywalker, or not the rise of Skywalker, the Force Awakens, when Ray thinks Luke is a myth. And right. Things. Well, the whole Stay. thing is Star Wars is not as much science fiction as it is a like a fantasy yeah, adventure. It's, it's it's science fantasy, is what it yeah. is. Yeah. And the scope. So they're trying to maybe say like. You know, it says over here, relatable characters, a sweeping epic. And then we have, how big is the scope actually going to be? Well, we want it to be mythic in scale. Right. right? But, but scope, so scope goes back to what we talked about with Logan. Right. Yeah. To center in. Small, uh, yep. That scope was very small. I was like it, looking through a sniper's rifle. Yeah. We, say, we see space and lightsaber battles. No single main character. main character, which is interesting, and I like it. There's going to be people who kind of gravitate to one or the other. Yep, and that's yeah, what they said earlier. There's a core group of heroes that will expand over time. Yep, and then you have the force and complicated monsters, and then you get into uh, the crazy stuff. But Star uh, Wars wishes. That, some of that has proven to come into it. The very first thing is High Republic. That's what yep. we're that's what we're getting and then you have relic hunters which is um like that's kind of what the what luke and kylo yeah doing lor santeca well they found that storehouse of all the relics from the high republic era yeah and he said that this was better than jacosta news cash yep so like that that's something like that wish has already been granted in a comic a university what does that mean uh, a Jedi university, maybe different Jedi universities out in uh, the outer reaches of space. We get more than yeah, one Jedi a, temple. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we know that there are multiple Jedi councils and then possibly a space station of one that can move about. Yeah. Uh, so somewhere else in one of these other places, I read different houses or something like that. So maybe they're going a little Harry Potter on us here. Interesting. Yeah, then, the 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 picture that I sent you had a underline and question marks. It looks like it says dinosaurs. Yeah, which the, did you underline it? I did not. Okay, well that was the, a picture that I was able to grab. the The first thing I thought of was the mythosaur. That uh, you know, that's what the skull is on. Uh, you know, that's the Mandalorian symbol, and they were supposed to be huge beasts that the mandalorians tamed back in the day the, i mean you, the, could, you could consider like a crate dragon a dinosaur too at that point but you know yeah, maybe i mean the, you might consider was, a crate dragon like a alligator god damn it what was that beast that um that they brought to coruscant the, uh oh um be something the zima zuma the, Zillow. Yeah. Zillow Beast, yes. Yes. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah I mean, you can see they're, that. They're, I mean, those, those are dinosaurs, basically. Like the Kray Dragons, the Zillow Beast, and the Mythosaurs. Like they're basically dinosaurs. 
Yeah, so we could see more of that. We could see the Zillow I, I beast when it's I don't, I don't want to see like I don't want to see like T Rexes and Velociraptors running around. <laughs> I don't no, want to see that at all. Well, I mean, if we have alligators nowadays, and back then we had these huge, you know, reptile-like animals. And you know, they have sharks. crate dragons these days. Yeah, you, you know, look, you look imagine what they had sharks, back then. Like, like a juvenile, a juvenile Greenland shark is like three hundred years old. So then we have representation and diversity, and I think. But I will, can... say, but I will say, dinosaurs has an exclamation point behind it, and none of the, none of the other ones do. Hmm. Interesting. You notice that? Yeah. So that somebody's doubling down on the dinosaurs. I mean, if you read when you read Kevin Scott, who is involved, he's one of the architects of this. His book, Dooku Jedi Lost, there's kind of a dinosaur in there. It's kind of a dinosaur in there. For those of you that have read it, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you that haven't, get caught up on it quick because that's going to be our first book review. Um, yeah, then the next one is representation and diversity. And I think uh, we see that in just like the the cover art and stuff that we've already got. Yeah, there's a lot of races. Yep, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, different colored uh, uh, humans and a lot of uh, different colored, you know, and you see, you see a lot of different cow, species. Everything. You see a Twi'lek. Yep. Um, the next one says, our, I believe it says Arthurian Legends. And just like they're talking about, they're like the Knights of the oh, Table. Oh, interesting. I almost took that as, I can't remember the name of the species, but the one in Solo that was the pilot before he died. Andulian or something? Oh, yeah, 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 Andulian. yeah. John Favreau's character. Like the one with the four hands. Like the, like the Rio. Pilot guy. Yeah, yeah, Rio, voiced by John Favreau. What, what was he? Is, is this um, the Andulian? Nah, he was a uh, man. I can't remember, um, but I'm pretty sure that says Arthurian legends. It looks, like, Ar- it looks like Arthanon to me. A R T H U L I Arthanon. A R T H L I N A N is what it looks like. Or I don't know. I'm 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 thinking that that's just Arthanon. some sloppy Arthurian because. Oh, there, there it is, right underneath that. Rival houses. That's what I was referring to. Uh, well, I guess it makes sense too because we did get confirmation of like the Knights at the Round Table. Yeah, yeah. And so, so these wishes are basically coming true. Like more of these wishes have been true than not. Yep. Which that's um, which you should get excited because we got rival houses. Right underneath that, we have Sith Empire, Casey. So, so, do, so does the rival houses have to deal with the Jedi, though? Are there houses that are more powerful? Like, is there not like a main Jedi order? Are there like Jedi houses right. that control power, kind of like uh, Roman type times? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, maybe. That's kind, of, that's kind of cool. Like, you like you don't mess with me. I don't mess with you. It affects trade. But there's some sort of like central governing body, and that's why eventually they create the Jedi the High Council. Jedi Council. Yeah, not just the Jedi Council, the High Jedi Council. Well, well, they create like eventually they find enough powerful people to be like, this is the way it needs to be. This is the way. Yeah. Um, Sith Empire. Sith so, Empire. So, so they they know about it. They've heard about it. 
Well, suppose, well, it's in, it, it would be a thing in the past. Maybe it's something that they're still like studying or uncovering some of its secrets, I think. But at this point, it's something that has probably passed. I mean, they could still, uh, from an outside point of view, where you know everything that's going on as a reader, show us what the Sith are doing at that time, what the rule of two is up to, if they're involved in anything. And maybe that leads us into the next thing, the chaos agents. Yeah, I mean, I think if point. you have, I think if you have rival houses, um, there's going to be hired people or people that are under them, maybe lesser Jedi, um, that are kind of tasked uh, to wreak havoc. Yeah, I almost think that that might be more of like a Sith or a Nile, like a you know a Nile thing. You would think so, but the, but they wouldn't they wouldn't be consider themselves Sith if they're doing the work of their house. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that even if there's different sects of Jedi, I don't think that you would hope that they're they wouldn't be going out there and purposely trying to trip up the other ones. I mean, but but if you're fighting for your house, you would absolutely. Because your loyalty is not to the Jedi overall, though your loyalty is to your house. Uh, maybe that's where fast forward to the Skywalker saga, you know, the 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 Jedi houses, there's different clans that the the Jedi are in as younglings. So you get separated into different clans, which essentially would be like the houses in Hogwarts. And then you have kind of like clan rivalries and stuff. Maybe that's what it evolved from. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Hmm, interesting. And then the last bullet here under Star Wars Wishes is Splinter Group Force Users. So we could have the Wills. We could have, like, the Keldor. We could have... The uh, Bong. Uh, well, the Bong were... Yeah, Night Sisters. Bong, yeah. though, I think are almost would be closer to like the 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 Nile. The Yuzen Vong weren't force users. They were totally separated from the force. Interesting. Like they couldn't touch it and the Jedi couldn't touch them with it. Um well I mean which kind of almost I would think make well cuz there was an episode of Clone Wars too when uh Jar Jar was the person to go to speak with the queen. Yeah. Um, he was the only one and nothing the Jedi did like force like uh, mind tricks worked on them. Ooh, right. Um, I just pulled up this image on my screen here and it looks like this maybe was some stuff before that last list before they narrowed it down because we got rival houses. It's it's circled here. Yeah. Uh, Splinter, Splinter force think- groups circled here. I think, uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't circle that one yet because I'm going to go. See what's right above it though. Sith Empire. We got chaos agents over here. Down here, we got Jedi heyday. I also saw, so they also have local uprisings. Um, not sure what that word is, but new force usages. So this, this looks to me like the one that was set that I sent you on the phone. Yeah, looked like a more concentrated version of the list. Yeah, of this. Because we got complicated monsters over here, layered something. Uh, but also here it says functional family, functional marriage, new yeah. Jedi, political like, landscape. Like, like we don't know 
when these lists were created. Maybe they were expanded to this, but sometime uh, after 2014. You think the you think the circled ones make the list, right? Right. And one of the circles it says gray Jedi. But we didn't see that on the next list. You did. Well, uh, we don't know if it was the next list <laughs> or not. Well, we all know that gray Jedi is just a ridiculous concept, not a thing. Oh yeah, I mean that's 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 what people like to say because uh, like there have been things that have been said in uh, the groups in the past. Don't like, make uh, me get all, Freddie Prince Jr. on the line. All, here. All, all the Facebook groups, whether like uh, like what what would you be? Would you be a Sith, like a Jedi, or a Gray Jedi? And people would be like, "There's no such thing as a Gray Jedi. That's not canon." And I'm looking at this fucking thing right here, circled as Gray Jedi. And then seeing examples and descriptions in the goddamn trailer for Project Luminous about Wild West Maverick Texas, Texas Rangers, Rangers Jedi type Jedi. But are you really a gray Jedi at that point if the entire Jedi Order is more Maverick, looser? Uh, we've got right here functional marriage, functional family. Maybe I, I like think, I said, so I think, I think the Jedi. The, the, if you're a Jedi in the Outer Rim, you control everything. You can be bad. You can be good. All you have to do is report everything to the Jedi Council. Nothing else will get back there. You're so far away, but you're the most powerful person there. You can make yourself rich. You can start a family. You can do whatever. You can do good. You can do bad. You can do both as a great Jedi. Hmm. And I think if you're on the outer rim where you're outside of the control of the main area of the Republic, even the High Republic, you're a, you're a great Jedi. You can be a great Jedi. Like you can come back. Like you can, you can answer the call to come back when the Jedi call you back. You know what I mean? Right. But, but in terms of uh, keeping the peace and making things happen, if you're out there, dude, you're not going to want to live in a hut like fucking Obi-Wan did on Tatooine. You know what I mean? Here's, here's what I think. You're, here's, here's what I, I'm getting from you. You're, it's good that we're on the Talking Sith podcast because you're dealing in absolutes. I think you're saying like there's an absolute light, light side white and there's an absolute dark dark side no, i'm saying i'm Black. saying there's a fucking gray i, I don't understand but, he, but here's what i'm that. saying i think it's more i think that the gray is more of like when you're white balancing in film okay i i, I no so okay qui-gon jinn would be considered a gray jedi because he's different than the rest of the like the the whole of the jedi order and he went against the council. And he went against the council, so he would be considered more gray at that time. Not at that time. He just would be considered more gray. Well, I mean, at that time, because like if you go back to the possibly the High Republic uh, era, the Jedi heyday, and if all the Jedi are acting like Mavericks, then he wouldn't be gray back then because that would just be the norm. That'd be the white. That'd be what's right. No. No. Um, so we talked about how there were, um, rival houses and things like that. Right. So, right. But we don't know if that's the Jedi or not. I mean, it's possible. uh, Well, I mean, I, that's kind of like the think tank that I'm in. Like you have the Hatfields McCoys, you have like the Gryffindor, Slytherin, like like the Romeo, like the Capulets and the whatever Montagues. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Like, like you have things like that in terms of like within the Jedi, but you have these people out in the outer rim that don't have families and maybe they want to start a family out there. Maybe they inadvertently do it. So those, those what do they do it. <laughs> they do it. Maybe they inadvertently do it. They do Oops. it. Do it. Do it. It's for you, they, Mikey. They, they start. They start the family. They 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 do things that they're not supposed to do. They make some Skywalkers. Like it may, may, there, there's got to be some sort of a code. But they're like 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 we said and like we heard. They're the the Rangers out there. They they're the they're the law. Whenever they say it goes, and yeah, like uh, if you're out there, like why like and like I said, why would you want to live in the hut like Obi Wan did? Like no, you're out there. And even if you want to do good, you can do good and still make yourself wealthy enough and important enough to be an influence not only on the government or whatever, but to to have nice things and to start a f- nice family and things like that. That to me is a great Jedi. Like, uh, and you're called back to the Republic. You're called back to go to fight, and you you go fight and whatever. But when it comes down to like. Uh, the 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 criminals and stuff you're dealing with out there as a ranger. If this person's too dangerous to be kept alive, like Palpatine was, according to Mace Windu, right? You know, um, may, maybe you just execute. Yeah, and but if the whole order is like that. It's not the whole order. It's the Jedi that are out in the outer rim. Yeah, I guess. But if I mean, but if you have if you have essentially different sects of orders, like we're saying, like maybe the Jedi didn't start off all as this one huge unified group. We have where was it? Splinter group, uh, you know, Force users like Splinter groups. Maybe they have formed into the Jedi order. This is Force users, not Jedi. In the High Republic era, there are Jedi. We're talking about this era here. Local uprisings, new Force usages. We're talking about this era here. Hmm. Imperfect characters. Which which, imperfect characters can fall into Grey Jedi. They're going to be imperfect. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I want them to touch on that. I want them to touch on that, but I don't think you're ever going to hear or read in print somebody titled as a gray Jedi. They they just won't do it. They just won't do it because it's it, it has too much baggage. Like Qui-Gon, for all intents and purposes, is a gray Jedi. Lucasfilm has, he's has a gray Jedi. He's titled a, on no, that a lot. He, He's a gray Jedi for the era that he's in. Thank you. That's what I just said. You just right. said, <laughs> right. you know, but, but he, but he's not. He might not have been a gray Jedi in the past. He might have been. Yes, more, we exactly. talked about that. There exactly. might have been more radical stuff and things right. going back and forth, which is why we end up where we are um, towards the end of the High Republic. Gray Jedi is something that you can look back at and say, "Yeah, these were gray Jedi." Yeah, because he was a gray Jedi, not in the time. Because what I, what I imagine is like these these Jedi that are out there in the outer rim that are acting as rangers are reporting to the Jedi Council, but what they say is going to basically be gospel to the Jedi right. Council. Yeah. It is what it is, but they can be doing whatever the fuck they want out there, dude. Yeah, they might be they, some of them might be bad guys, like more in tune with the the dark side and 
just taking over the world and running everything. Some of them might just, you know, take a little bit for themselves and start a family and, and live nice lives. Some of them might be altruistic and live in a small shack and just help keep the peace. And, you know, kind of like how uh, Satine was on Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah, they're just out there being rangers then. In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspecting stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right. Cause the eyes of the ranger are upon you. The otter reaches of the galaxy. Cause that's where the rangers gonna be. Now I thought it was only very fitting that we play that because you have to. You have to. Talk about you know, I'm about to blow your mind. You ready? My mind was blown the other day. Oh goodness gracious. Okay. Do you did you like the music in the Clone Wars? Yes. Yes, okay. I did. That was made by Kevin Kiner. He 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 did all the music for the Clone Wars. Oh, I'm guessing you're gonna tell me he did Walker Texas Ranger. He did Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's a very small world out here, man. Like full uh, circle. That's why, that's why you can't uh, like you can't be dicks to anybody out here because you're going to work with them or you're going to try to get a job. That's someone, you know what I mean? Somebody knows somebody they're going to ask about you. You can't be a dick, man. It's such a small world in Hollywood, but going back to the, like the Texas, right? Like you, you, even just listening to that song, like look behind you, like, cause that's yeah. where it's going to be. Like, it, it, like sneaking up on you. They're, they're going like, to they're be there. But the question is, since Grey Jedi was circled, are they going to be there for the good of the galaxy? Or are they going to be there for the you know, the good partial, of themselves? Partial the good? good, yeah. Like, like there's going to be there's going to be influences here and there. There's going to be some like Dooku, like Jedi. Like if you look at Dooku at the beginning of Episode One or Two, when Obi Wan gets caught, he tells Obi Wan he tells Obi Wan everything, dude. You know, Read Dooku Jedi Lost. They're, they're, it's your they're homework gonna, this week. Yeah, okay, I'll get around to it. But I mean, for, but it's so everything, like everything's now black and white, dude. That's why there's a gray area. And right. I think the Jedi in the Outer Rim, they're so out there and they don't have the resources that the other Jedi do. So they have to make things work. And sometimes they make things work for their benefit. And didn't we read in one of these, on one of these boards somewhere, moral something like moral ambiguity or something was on one of yeah. these boards yeah. we read. I think it was the blurred one that you had up on your screen before. Yeah. Yeah. So, whew. Uh, Overall, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. The other thing that you pointed out was uh, there's a droid in there, the MEAD9, which is Maz Kanata's protocol droid, and is rumored it, to have began her operational life working with the Jedi Order. Oh, it looks just like that droid in the book art. It looks like that droid. Well, not only that, um, MEAD9 looks 
I can't remember the name of the droid now. Let me see if I can pull it up from the Clone Wars. Why Why you do that? There's a droid in the Clone Wars. That's what I'm pulling uh, up. The oh, lightsaber droid. Gotcha. Yeah, like uh, in the Clone Wars, they uh, they go to this uh, planet, which we assume is Ilum, yep. which becomes it is Starkiller Ilum. Base. Yeah, be- becomes Starkiller Base, and the droid on the ship, the the younglings give the droid some shit. Why do we need to take shit from you? He's like, I've done this shit for a thousand years, bro. Basically, you know what I mean? Professor Hu Yang was a Mark IV architect droid who served the Jedi Order as a lightsaber expert in centuries prior to, in the centuries prior to the Clone Wars. So he could be a brand new droid back then. Looks a think, lot I, like I, that. I'm pretty sure he said something about a thousand years, so he might be around. Too. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. And I like that they're throwing and that the, in that they haven't forgot you, about him. And you, and you look at the you look at the droid that Mascanada has, and you look at the droid in the book art. It looks very, 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 very similar. And even looks, yeah, it looks similar to Hyun too. Yeah. Just the whole shape of the head there. Maybe that was just the type of protocol droid, the the design of the protocol droid back in the day. Yeah. But for those to exist in the modern era, suggests that they had survived. Yeah, it's a. They're definitely relics of a. Hyang's design was based off of Ralph McQuarrie's earlier sketches of C-3PO. So there you have it. There's a real world explanation for you. Yeah. Yeah. Lots to unpack. Lots to unpack. I'm excited. I'm excited about the High Republic. Um, I don't know if I want to say I'm more pumped than I expected to be. I I would have. I think. I think it was Tom Chansky that said that he was kind of taken aback that it was only 200 years because it's almost not enough time. It's almost not far enough back that where you can really like unpack some things. And I think it's kind of like the same sentiment you're saying that you want to see bigger things, farther back, bigger conflicts with the Sith. Yeah, no, it's, it's safe Well, that. What I think that they're trying to do is to keep everything in line with the Skywalker saga, which they just said came to an end, Yep. but yep. they're not willing to let it go. They should go further back like Revan, like four to five years. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Or you move forward and go forward. Like you can even keep Ray. Like Ray. I mean, even though Ray is part of the Skywalker saga, like what we what we never got to physically see is the building of a Jedi temple from scratch. Yeah, of a Jedi Order from scratch, essentially. Find, find younglings and train. Like, I want to see that. That's what, I want to see that too. You know what I mean? Like I've said this before. Like we we've heard little bits and pieces of what George Lucas's uh, seven, eight, nine. Like the overarching thing was going to be going into like the microbiotics of the Force and really understanding how it worked. Like basically, yeah, like that journey. Stuff that, and- yeah, like that Yoda took, uh, and he went back to the source and everything. Like go and diving even deeper into that. I said, you can tell that same story. You can tell whatever George Lucas's like crazy bonkers idea was. And instead of Luke Skywalker being like Ray could fill the Luke Skywalker role. 
Like you just use proxies for this moving yeah, forward, and, and just she, moving she, it ahead in the timeline. And she just adopted the name, like the Skywalker, the Skywalker story died with Ben Solo. Yeah. It didn't die with Ray. Yep. Yeah. She's Ray not just, actually a Skywalker. Yeah. Ray, well, Ray just took uh, it. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't raised by Skywalkers. She's just, it's just a moniker. It's a house. It's a different house yeah, it's, it's, of it's Jedi. A rival house, just yeah. like we're talking about in the fucking yeah. bullshit right now. And I want to know, uh, opposing Chad, I want to know more about that woman that asked Ray who she was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, uh, I'll tell you who that was. Um, I can't remember her name now. Let me look her up. If you remember the was it was it Diva? No, that wasn't her. Diva. That's a Overwatch character. The the little girl that makes fun of Anakin. Oh, at the pod race before the, when you before the pod race. Pod, pod. Amy. Yeah. yeah, that's her. Interesting. It's Amy. I'll tell you, that's who it was. Yeah, but years wanna, later. But I do seventy years know, later. But I do want to know more about her life. I'm like Jed. <laughs> but all of it. I, I want to know how she got there when Ray happened to be uh, there. And you know what? That was that was such a cool scene too. Like how she used the force to like, un like create a hole in the ground. Like that was shit that we hadn't seen before either. Because we like you can think Tatooine being so dry. Imagine a shovel trying to <laughs> dig a hole in that ground. Oh my god. Yeah, those lightsabers are gone until somebody else finds them. But somebody else is going to find them. That's why the Skywalker saga, in my mind, is Arthurian legend. Man, somebody's going to pull the the lightsabers out of the stone, out of the sandstone. I know, and we never got the uh, full answer from Maz Katnada as to why, uh, how she got that lightsaber. We saw We're getting it right now. Camps. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I just, uh, we haven't gotten it yet. Yep, yep. It's a story so, for another time. It's, it's That's somebody else that happen. could pop up. We talked about her droid, but Moscanata is over a thousand years old. She's kicking around in the High Republic era. Right, but she like, uh, I just, I wish there was more visual stuff. Because, like, like uh, I just caught up on Clone Wars, and I'm starting to watch Rebels, and then I'm going to watch, watch uh, Resistance. Um I think a lot of people like nowadays just get their stuff from what they can see. Like no one's going to like, it's, it's very rare to find somebody who reads and the, and to be honest, me too. The last book I read was uh, called the blade itself. It was very good. It was kind of like dungeons and dragony. Um, I followed a guy who was very good with his sword and stuff, but um, he could talk to spirits by like, taking an ember from a fire and putting it under his tongue and then take out the ember later and put it into a fire and then talk to spirits again. Huh. See, um, I think what Disney is capitalizing on is you because you're now planning on reading these novels. Well, because you're planning I, on keeping up because I have to, because, because we have this podcast. Well, not and only that, I, I mean, and because I love it. Right. I think that, so, the, you know, not the Star Wars movies but, came out. Not everybody. I'm a minority, I'm a minority Josh. Yeah, I'm but minority. for every every time they release like 
So when they released four, five, and six, obviously they got a minority of the Star Wars, you know, fandom. A minority of it was interested in the, you know, the Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the Thrawn books. A minority of it kept that ember alive. And then they came back and they made one, two, three. So they they brought with them, they brought back the old crowd that liked four, five, and six. They came back to see one, two, and three. Yeah, a new they, crowd came and, to and see they, one, they, two, and three. And they hated it. Some did time. at the time. But I'm saying they they got a whole new crowd as well. And then they made more ancillary. The Jedi Apprentice books, Casey. You talk about them all the time. They, yeah, because they're, they're, they're so cool. And I'm not a reader. But I'm saying like every time that they have a, a trilogy or movies or whatever and they release – uh, you know, they make like a new expanded universe, all these tales afterwards, they get a few more people and it just grows this deeper fan base. Just I, a little I, bit more. I, I understand that. But if you look at uh, like people like my sister and her boyfriend and, and, and the youth of today, who are these people? Can we get them on the show? Generation Z. Oh yeah. 100%. She, <laughs> um, she wants to come over. I can get her on. Awesome. Yeah. Get around, get her and Jordan and Jordan on the show. But, um, but if, if you're talking about how people consume content nowadays, it's not by reading books um, or even audio books. They yeah. just like, the, like my, books are pretty popular they, these days. It is by people who have jobs and stuff that allow them to be outside and, and, and can, and can do that or, or they have long commutes and can, listen to stuff but uh most of the time they're just on facebook and instagram or when they're home they're they're streaming something they're watching something they get the 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 visual um representation of what they've heard about and that's what is the important medium and that's why uh tv has surpassed film yeah look at things like game of thrones or, or even in the past, you look at it like Lost, Breaking Bad. Like you look at, you look at things like that, and and you look at things that are coming out now, um, like the new season of Clone Wars or the Mandalorian. It's Cassian like, Andor, Kenobi. Like, those are doing better than movies could ever hope to do in terms of viewership, um, and and that's just per household. Like who knows how many people are watching that. You know, like right. there, there, were, there were Game of Thrones viewing parties, and and there, I'm sure there's gonna be, and there was Mandalorian and Kenobi viewer viewing parties. parties. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like if and and there there was a thing in the in the past that was proposed, it has not taken hold yet. But I'm in the future. If Just streaming movies straight to your house. Well, well, no. If the companies had their say there was a, a thing that was proposed where like the TVs had a camera and they could see how many people were in the room. Um, and if there were too many people, they can already it, see that it wouldn't play one. Well, not if there's a camera, but I mean, like you, you can assume like if you're watching something on Netflix, there's probably two or three people. If it's a big show, two or three people watching with you, or if it's a, if it's a big show, like game of Thrones, like the, the game of Thrones parties, some, some places just friends that I knew, each of them had like 15, 20 people over yeah. just watching the episode. I was having like 10 people over at times just watching the Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah, absolutely nuts, man. I, and I think it. that that will happen. I think, I think we'll see some High Republic stuff in 
this in that medium. I think that uh, if it's successful, if it starts to take off, and they probably already have it planning that they're gonna they can tell some more of this in a visual medium on. They have Disney Plus. They have the platform. They have no reason not to do that. Right, but the the thing is, like with Netflix, right? Netflix loves to cancel seasons and shows after three. Just like and 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 it follows the Disney uh, the Disney thing. Um, like you look at shows like Hannah Montana was kind of like the uh, outlier there. They did more seasons in a movie and stuff, but pretty much every Disney show up until Hannah Montana only had two or three seasons. That's yeah. all, no matter how popular they were. That's all they had. Um, because like a big part of that was that kids just growing. Right. Well, because yeah, I mean, it outlived its thing. But um, what's important is merchandise. That's what that's what Disney and merchandising Lucasfilm and and Lucasfilm wants. They want the merchandise, which is they still haven't even capitalized on Baby Yoda yet, and it's been almost a fucking year. They're idiots. Well, you can buy a Baby Yoda made from the original molds from Gentle Giant right now for about three hundred fifty dollars in pre-order. Yeah. No. So I mean, it's not terrible in terms of the quality of the picture that I saw. Yeah. But they they they're missing out on tons and tons of money from that, and and because the only thing that's fueling this Disney Plus um, stuff is the subscribership. That's it kind of like Netflix has like they, they pledged like a billion dollars to make their own new content this year in 2020, I think, Yeah, which is fantastic. But Netflix is established. They've been around and like now Netflix is not going to get any Disney or Fox or whatever products. Um, there's going to be some Disney stuff on Hulu because Disney owns a Hulu. huge portion of Hulu. They essentially own Hulu now. Yeah, but I mean they're 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 a very very significant uh, party in that yeah. for sure. Um, so everything's like everything that's important is going to be streamed on those platforms, and I think we're going to see a decline in Netflix because of that. Um, unless Netflix steps up its own uh, original bank. Of More Stranger Things. Uh, I didn't even finish season three of Stranger Things. Really. I uh, I lost I I I'd have to restart it. I lost interest. I like season three. I like I like where it went. Um, but I'm just saying they need more like Stranger Things. They need stuff like that that's gonna really grab people's attention. It's like, but the thing is with the net, and this is why I think Disney's smart. They're going back to weekly releases because you release Stranger Things, and yeah, everybody binge binges it. it, and then it's nobody you talk about it, about it, and then it's done. Yeah, it's it's over as soon as it begins, and that's and that's a tough thing to deal with. Um, I, I do agree with that, one hundred percent. But I think that uh, when it comes to creating things, like don't don't let it die because as soon as Disney acquired um, Lucasfilm, they canceled Clone Wars. They, they canceled Clone Wars. They canceled thirteen thirteen. We talked about this in the last cast. Yeah, but um, it'll be interesting to see where the road where the road takes us and um, how the books and stories and comics 
uh, influence the direction of television. I think they're probably like this is a safer bet for them. It's cheaper for them to do stuff like this. Yeah, just testing the waters. Yeah, and then um, extrapolate from there. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, it's getting. Yeah, I think it's I think it'll be interesting and just filling in these gaps and like we always talk about more shading, you know, anti Chad look at things, which we got to get Chad back on. We got to get Chad back on the show that way he uh yeah, he can he can give his two cents about uh, about all this. But uh, speaking of somebody else that really likes to dive deep and look into the Star Wars universe and we love his take on things and we love uh you know, tearing apart his questions and uh, just making us look a little harder, a little deeper. We have another question from Yost. I love Yost. All right, here we go. Give me a thumbs up. Make sure you can hear this. All right. Hey, Josh, this is Yost from the Netherlands again with another Star Wars question, of course. It's about Droidicus. These droids are mostly famous for their rolling capabilities, but what bothers me today is them being tripods and being able to walk. I mean, try and lift one leg when these are over a yard apart. It's pretty much impossible, even if you see the where the point of balance is in these droidicas. I mean, standing stable is one thing, but like walking? Please explain, what do you think? <laughs> Cheers. Interesting. I do have kind of a pseudo camera explanation for it. Okay. Uh, um, so with uh, cameras and things called steady cams and things like that, um, gyros, euros, uh, the food. As okay. Some people might, uh, Good sandwiches. Um, but I think that um, within them is probably a system of gyros that keep them balanced when they need to be. And we see that uh, we have we have them in our phones. When you turn your phone, even uh, you turn your phone, your phone recognizes that it's sideways or straight up or face down or face up and things like that. Um, I think it's some sort of system like that on a scale that you just don't see them spinning to uh, mm. to keep the balance in in the droid itself. Yeah, and maybe it's like a weight shifting type of, th- you know, kind of like how uh, BBA operates. You know, there's something got to be something inside BBA that keeps his head up and that, you know, is is working, you know, maneuvering, uh, you know, a uh, center point of balance inside of there. So, and I mean, and this is also a galaxy in which we have like repulsor lifts on things. And well, um, and not even that. I mean, you can look at things like kangaroos, like when kangaroos fight. Like you look at the back leg of a, like the back le- foot of a droidica as like the tail of a kangaroo. Right. Um, maybe that's where their weight is initially, and then they shift their front feet, and then transfer the weight accordingly. I, I th- that's probably the best explanation for it. Uh, uh, there's got to be some sort of gyros there too, though. I agree with what Yos is saying. It, it's 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 a very weird thing to see them actually walk. But I think uh, if you look at Michael Jackson moonwalking, even um, it looks like he's sliding backwards, but the weight on his feet, yeah, um, are not where it looks as like it's not where it looks where it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, 
I just looked up three-legged animals to see if there's anything else that popped up. And one of the first things that popped up was a kangaroo. I mean, for that very reason. And I mean, that's obviously we see some like, that's why I get paid the big bucks amputated, like uh, dogs and cats and such that are able to shift their weight like that. But that's what it is. It's a complicated shifting of weight back and forth that, you know, will compensate for their, you know, you know, the, the odd distribution. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I brought the, I didn't even look this up beforehand. <laughs> I'm a genius. I'm a, I'm, I'm wasted intellect. <laughs> talking about Star Wars, but, um, I, th- yeah, I th- uh, that's probably the best description that, that can be given about it because it does look weird when they walk but like like if you look at a kangaroo and how they fight goodness gracious it's outrageous yeah Yeah. you don't think you don't you don't think their tail could support like just looking at the tail you don't think the tail could support their weight but they go back on it and then kick forward kick yeah it's all momentum too it's using that momentum and so I'm sure it's a very complicated system for the droids to, and maybe that's what makes them, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're formidable because, you know, it's not easily understood when you look at them, you don't expect for them to have that kind of force, that kind of forward velocity when they're not just rolling at you. Yeah. I mean, the rolling thing is, is uh, not the important part. It's a shield, which we kind yeah. of see in uh, we see them in Clone Wars. Like you have to roll the droid poppers. Just right. Right there to break through their shields because they're they're designed to uh resist um like speed basically yep, yep. it's the same uh, as like the uh the nab the gungan like shields on um naboo in episode one like when they're throwing blaster bolts going at them they're deflected and when you're throwing stuff it would be deflected but the battle droids like slowly step through and they're able to cross right through I mean, and you look at uh, like if if, the, if they were to actually science it out, um, there's a way to do it that makes a lot of sense, and that's to have like an outer rotating ring. Yep. Um, because they they're basically circles anyway, even when they're standing up, just have an outer rotating ring. So when they want to turn, like have this ring like spin really fast, and then yeah. stop. Um, but I don't. You, you don't see that because I don't think George Lucas thought about that because he he contacted all the scientists and stuff like that and then still messed up the parsec thing. Um, No, no, no. Watch solo. Now Spiro, the gauntlet has been thrown. Uh, You made the uh, BB eight. And now let's see a realistic little bitty mini version of a droid car that we can flip a couple switches and it'll just start like, rolling around and then pop yeah, up on no, three legs. Like you could, you could, you could fix this question with, uh, in the high Republic era, like have a droidica type droid that has that, like an actual, like spinning, like top body right. that helps regulate its space. And then, uh, it, it's fixed later on. You know what I mean? Yeah. They figure it out. They yeah. Yoast. Awesome question. Love hearing from you. You said you had another question on the way. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing you in Anaheim and finally getting to meet you. Excited to see what your cosplay is going to be, other than uh, other than Vader, if you can't bring that. But oh uh, uh, yeah, make sure Josh reaches out to you. I don't live too far away from Anaheim, my man. Like if it's cheaper for you to ship, I can hold it for you here. 
yeah, so you got that option. So if if you can ship it out and you you feel comfortable uh, being able to pack it safely and package it safely, then uh, you ship it out to ship it out to old Casey there, and uh, we'll, we'll get you suited up. But um, yeah, excited for the High Republic. Excited. We got uh, just a few days until episode two of the Clone Wars season seven. We'll be back reviewing that. Uh, Excited that you're going to be absorbing all of Dooku Jedi Lost and taking some furious notes. Oh man, I gotta, yeah. Well, I I don't know about that. I'm trying to catch up on Rebels. I'm trying to catch up on the visual stuff. Oh man, we need to, what what are you doing most of your watching of Rebels and stuff? Mm, Late. Late. I want to have an opportunity. You got to keep me updated. Keep me very updated as to like what episodes you're on and stuff. Cause I want to, there's some, there's some talking points and I'm sure a lot of the stuff that has been said in the prior episodes talking about clone wars and stuff. And I, I've hinted at things and I've dropped Easter eggs that if you ever go back and listen, you'll be like, Oh, yeah, oh. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh. but uh, yeah, guys, we love having you here with us. We love hearing from you, just like we hear from uh, Yost today. So send us in your thoughts on the High Republic era, your thoughts on where they're going in storytelling. If you want to on see Project things. Luminous in general. Yeah, Project Luminous in general and anything else coming, Star Wars. Um, you could follow us across all social media platforms at the Talking Sith Podcast, at Sith Pod on Twitter. Email us at talkingsithpod at gmail.com. Casey, where can the good people follow you? Uh, here's the best bet, but um, uh, Inst- Instagram at C Shreffler, C S C H R E F F O R. Twitter is Film Guy, F I L M G Y E. I do check Twitter, I don't post much. Um, but that's that's basically it, my man. I'm just out here loving the game and. And living the life and being a dad. All right, everybody. We are the Talking Sith. <laughs> Till next time. May that dark side. is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.